Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, If I could get my title slide up, that would be great. I am very excited to tell you we are going to have a live miracle on stage this morning. Yes, yes. I have emailed Prime 7. I've emailed NBN News. I'm assuming the cameras are going to turn up any minute now. So when they come, let's make them feel welcome. This is going to be spectacular. Uh, More on that later. We're talking... (laughs) It's going to happen. Just raise your faith, you know, whatever we have to do. We're talking about hope this year at Macquarie. And hope's wonderful, isn't it? Hope is this great thing that keeps us going. Uh, But sometimes hope needs a strategy. Hope needs something to undergird it. In Proverbs 13, you'll read that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So hope without fulfilment can crush your spirit. And so this morning, I want to introduce you to hope's much less attractive, but much more practical cousin, patience. Because there's a direct link between hope and patience. Hope is, yes, the Bible says that hope is the substance of things unseen, but patience is the substance or the infrastructure or the strategy that keeps hope going. Patience is hope in action. Because in church, there are a lot of discouraged Christians who have stopped praying because their prayers weren't answered. There are lots of Christians in church that have stopped giving because they didn't get rich like some preacher somewhere told them that they would. And there are people who have left church and left faith altogether because their hope ran out, because the promises took a while, and somehow disappointment took over, they upped stumps and and walked away. And the discouragement came from the waiting game. The discouragement grew from the need for patience. And we need to understand that sometimes, in faith, in God, it's the long game. Walking with God is a process and you can't just expect or demand the finished product up front. It says in the Word to figure out your salvation with fear and trembling, indicating that it's a process And probably not a quick one. (laughs) And get this, often God takes a long time to do a quick work. Uh, The Bible tells us that patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. One of the less popular fruits of the Holy Spirit, I might add. Love and joy, you beauty. (laughs) Peace, that's great. But patience, that's a Debbie Downer. And many Christians don't actually think to pray for patience, yet it's patience that more often than not leads to the love, the joy, the peace. (laughs) Um, I have been and I continue to be a very impatient boy. When I was young, I was very impatient at sports. I tried really hard to be good at sports, but it didn't happen. And then in my teenage years, I realised, heck, you can just go out and buy trophies. (laughs) So... If you come to my lounge room, you'll see that I'm a world champion at everything. (laughs) Medals galore. Uh, I was impatient about family. I got married at 29. Um, I watched all my peers get married off, and in many situations, I was the third wheel. And it nearly killed me. I was impatient about becoming a dad. It took us a while, it took us four years to fall pregnant. There were some 
events during those four years that broke our heart. I was impatient about that. I was impatient about ministry. When I graduated Bible college, close to 20 years ago, I thought there would be a Hillsong talent scout waiting out the front door just to tap me on the shoulder. Hey, 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 Brian's having a couple of weeks off. (laughs) You're up, sunshine. Didn't happen. My impatience came out of a fear that things would never change. And in many circumstances, it looked like, and to be honest, it still does look like in some, that God isn't moving. One of the biggest lies that the enemy can con us with is this. Things will always be like this. Things aren't going to change. And because of impatience, I made dumb moves. I was thinking, hey, God's not getting on with it, so I'd better make something happen. I better activate because I'm not seeing him at work. And I spent years trying to do his job. I got around with a little badge, Craig Davidson, Assistant Holy Spirit. (laughs) How may I serve you today? Um, I am not clever enough to run my own life. I would hazard a guess that maybe I'm not the only person in the room who can acknowledge this. So we're not in control. I'm not in control. You're not in control. God is. And for me, I'm learning that patience is joyful submission to what God is up to in my life. And I have to, more and more, let go of the why oh whys and the when oh whens and just trust. And that ain't easy. Let's have a look at Psalm 56, verse 3. It's up on the screen. I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. You'll read this verse a lot throughout the scriptures. I have put my trust in God, particularly through Psalms. I have put, I have placed. Your trust is yours to put somewhere. If you read it, put is an active word. Put is a decision you can make. You can choose where to put your trust. You can put your trust in yourself. You can put your trust in money. You can put your trust in the church. But I'm thinking you'll probably end up disappointed because we're fallible. Don't take this as a personal insult, but you're fallible. If you put your trust in God, let's have a look at Isaiah 49. This is the outcome. This is from the Amplified. You shall know with an understanding based on personal experience that I am the Lord. For they shall not be put to shame who wait, i.e. patience, And hope expectantly for me. Now here's the disclaimer. Here's the bait and switch. You may not get everything when you want. And you may not get everything in the way you want. But God in his sovereignty will come through. Even if that means he finally comes through in eternity. I want to show you um, an example in the scriptures of the long game in action. We're going to read a chunk of scripture from Acts chapter 3. And if you're in the college, you've heard this, don't spoil the surprise for everybody. Uh, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I I don't have. 
But what I do have, I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So Peter and John, they've turned up to the temple, they're standing at the gate called Beautiful. And there's this lame beggar there who's been lame from birth and from the age of about 14, the the scholars tell us, he was getting dropped off at the Gate Beautiful every day for years to raise money for the family based on his disability. Now the translators haven't actually given us the full picture here. Let's get the next slide up if we could. It's called the Gate Beautiful, right? In the Greek, the word beautiful is horaios. It's one of those words with multiple meanings. So, yep, sure, the first definition, beautiful, fair, lovely. But another definition of horaios is this, belonging to the right hour or season, or the one that I like, ripeness. Gate ripeness. Get this, Jesus going to the temple would have walked past this beggar at least twice a day, every day, and didn't heal him. Why? God was waiting for when the time was ripe. Because of what was happening in Jerusalem at the time, we're in Acts where the church has been birthed and it's rapidly exploding, it's growing, the reputation of Peter and John was throughout the land, this healing and the way that the beggar reacted and took it into the temple and eventually took it into the council of the Sanhedrin, this healing led to the salvation of 5,000 men, ultimately 15,000 people in total, including women and children, and they're giving their lives to Christ because God's timing was ripe. Even when we have no idea what God is up to, He is at work. And it is patience that gets us to that point of ripeness. He times things for when they are beautiful and ripe. Let's have a look at Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 from the NLT. God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, this is beautiful, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I'm going to guarantee that you've got some questions for God right now about what's happening or alternatively what's not happening in your life, in your walk, in your family, in your business, in your finances, in your health. He is waiting for when the time is ripe. All right, here we go. It's time for a live miracle. Um, I don't Camera crews haven't turned up yet, that's, that's disappointing, they've missed out on here. I really, I, truly, I should have been selling tickets for this, I would have made a fortune. Um, you have all read in John chapter 2 about Jesus turning water into wine. Well, in faith, I am going to recreate that miracle for you right here live on stage. So let's build our faith, come on, we can do this. We've got a glass of water, is it possible to get the camera to focus in on the glass of water right there? Is that okay? Can we see that? Is that up there? You can all see that. There it is, beautiful. I'll stand here so you can see the colour of the liquid in there. Um, I need you to understand, this is, this is God at work. You are going to see water turn into wine right before your very eyes. Are you ready? It's exciting, isn't it? Ready? Here we go. Okay, three, <laughs> two, <laughs> one... 
Yeah. Look at him go. It's, it's working. Praise God. Look at it. Stick with it. <laughs> Just sit pretty for a while. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Okay. A grape is about 82% water. If you place them in the right environment and be patient, in time, the water turns into wine. The only difference between the miracle you read in John chapter 2 and this is environment and patience. Place them in the right environment, be patient, the miracle will happen. Now keep this in mind, sometimes to get the miracle, these things need to be stomped on, these things need to be crushed. So can I make this practical for a minute? Do you need a miracle in your marriage? Right environment and patience. Show your partner loving words. Show them honour. Actively show them kindness. This was revolutionary for me in my marriage. Actually try listening to her. Pan for the gold, not the dirt. Find out their love language and communicate to them in that. Do you need a miracle in your finance? Right environment and patience. Honour God with your tithe and with your generosity. Spend less than you earn. Consolidate your debts or pay off the highest interest rate first. Salary sacrifice into your super. Do you need a miracle in your health? Right environment and patience. Lay off the pies. Lay off the beers. Go for a brisk 30-minute walk every day. Don't let pride stand in the way of you going to see a doctor. Sometimes the right environment is under the surgeon's knife. If you put things in their rightful place, in their God-ordained environment, and then wait patiently on him, miracles can occur. Because God is sovereign. He can accelerate time and circumstance whenever he wants. What is it that you want from God? What is it that you are waiting for? Picture this. Picture the incredible bottle of 2021 vintage Macquarie Cellars Sav Blanc that could come from that. What's the environment that you can actively help set for your children, for your marriage, for your business, for your walk with God, for this church? Because when things are in the right environment with God, they tend to grow regardless. Let's have a look at Mark chapter 4. Jesus also said... This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel. The seed, or what we read about in 1 Peter, the incorruptible seed, which is the promise that God has placed in your heart, grows all by itself. God has put energy, strength and timing into the seeds that he has placed into your heart, into your spirit, into your soul. So don't worry about the seed. The seed will do what the seed needs to do. What we can worry about is the soil that produces the grain and that's the environment. 
That's the setting for the seed. I've got to tell you, church is a healthy environment. Macquarie Life Church is a healthy environment. Regularly, habitually abiding in the house of God is a healthy environment. Belonging to a smaller form of community, like a a fellowship group, a small group, a home group, that's a good environment for the seed that is within you. Contributing, here we go, let's get controversial, contributing your time, your talent, your treasure into the house of God, serving alongside people, getting to know them and becoming known yourself, that is good soil. The people here at Macquarie are good soil. There's a couple, I've got a small list at home, I'll share it with, with you, it's some of them, but they're not in this service, they'll come to the tent. Um, oh, Steve Faith, day, Steve. <laughs> oh, said too much. Um, let me put... <laughs> can I put a card on the table here? Honestly, sometimes waiting on God can be dry. It can be a desert. If you've been a faithful saint for many decades, you would know the wilderness, you would know the dry periods, you would know the dry spells. Particularly in a Christian culture that reinforces things like, you have a destiny, you have a purpose. Sometimes we make a mistake by putting an immediacy on that. And waiting can seem like an enormous and an unproductive waste. We need to stop thinking of downtime as wastage. We need to consider time itself as God's commodity. We read in Ecclesiastes that God makes things beautiful in his time. And if you think time is yours, it can really be a struggle when things aren't moving. Guilty. But if you think time belongs to him and it's his, there's a greater capacity to be at peace, there's a greater capacity to be patient because your life is not lived in a day. Believe it or not, there's still plenty of time for God to do something. It's never too late to be used by God. You're never too mature to be changed by God, to be blessed by God. There is always more. The hours that we are living through right now are a gift of complete grace from Him. So when God asks me to wait on Him, He is perfectly within His rights because He is only asking for that which He has already provided. Every day is purposed before it heads toward you from the hand of God. Okay, so you can't just muscle your way into patience, so what else should we do while we are waiting? The first thing, pray to God's reputation. Um, Patience during a waiting period doesn't mean resignation, it's not slumber, it's prayer, it's persistent. It's actively engaging God and continually reminding Him of the promises in His Word, which indicates to me, get to know the promises in His Word. Patient prayer is a significant form of spiritual warfare. Praying in Jesus' name breaks down walls. It's the same as, um, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? So when we had some troubles at home with our plumbing, I asked around the church here, do you know a plumber with a good name? It's reputation. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are praying to his reputation. So get to know him so you know how to pray, you know what to pray, you know what to put in place. The second thing we should do is getting to know his character. Develop a consistent belief pattern about God's character in the down times. Because, let me tell you, the wilderness is a time for proper mindset development. The greatest thing I do when I am waiting on God is to familiarise myself with his authority over my life. 
Because here's the thing about authority with God. If God answered every prayer of mine at the snap of his fingers, there is a risk that I would start considering him my servant and not my master. Suddenly God would appear to be working for me and submitting and serving me, and that's not right. Let's have a look at Isaiah 30, verse 15 and 18. This shows you something about the character of God. In repentance, or returning, and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. He's a God of justice. And blessed are those who wait on him. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. God is patiently waiting to show you grace. And if it's good enough for him to wait for us to return and rest, then I'm going to wait for him too. Because you, come, you become like the God you believe in. I've seen God extend that patience, that longing to bless towards me, and so now I extend him patience by sitting in his presence, returning and resting and waiting patiently. Um, if I could get the, the musos up, please. <clears throat> To wait upon God is actually plan A. We haven't got a slide for this, but I want to read to you Isaiah 64, verse 4. From the days of old, no one has heard, nor has ear perceived, nor has the eye seen a God besides you, who works and acts on behalf of the one who gladly waits for him. To wait upon God is plan A. It is not a waste of time. Because sometimes God takes a long time to do a quick work. Have a look at this image on the screen. <clears throat> this is Chinese bamboo Dracaena brawni. I've been searching for this illustration for years because I heard it about 20 years ago and it's been bugging me and I thought it wasn't real. So I nerded out, looked it up. This stuff exists. When you plant the seeds of this Chinese bamboo, you wait an entire year, 12 months, and nothing happens. There's no bud, there's no seedlings, there's no twig, there's nothing. So you keep watering, you keep toiling the soil, you keep caring for the environment these seeds have been planted in, and you keep going for another year, still nothing. Two years you've worked on this jolly thing, no result. The third year passes, still no sign of growth. It's been three years, maybe I should give up. But the nice man at Bunnings in Beijing said that it'll take a while to see the fruit of your efforts so you keep on keeping on. The fourth year passes, there's still no plant. And so you begin, quite disheartened, year five, wondering if this thing is just jolly pointless. You've been watering, you've been waiting. At some time towards the end of the fifth year, you'll see a small shoot. The bamboo starts growing. And get this, in a six-week period, Dracaena brawni grows over 25 metres tall. That's the height of a six-storey building in six weeks. Let me ask you this. Did the bamboo actually grow six storeys in six weeks? No, no. It grew six storeys in five years. The first four years, it was growing underground. It was developing a root system that was strong enough to support its potential, to support the sudden growth in that fifth year. And had the bamboo not developed the workings underneath, it would not be able to sustain its own future. 
That's what's happening with you. That's what's happening in this church. That's what's happened to many of us during COVID. The undergirding has been developed. The foundations have been strengthened. This church has been growing successfully, both underground and above ground, for 30 years. And now I genuinely believe we're about to hit a season of rapid growth. I genuinely believe people are going to come in here and encounter Christ. And come under the shade of those six-foot, six-storey tall bamboo trees. Because let me tell you, they need it. The bamboo is there and it's there six storeys tall for one reason only. The planter never gave up. What about you and your story? Where have you not seen growth, but you sense God is calling you forward? Where is the relationships that need repair? Where are the friendships that need to be reborn? Or new friendships developed? Where do you need to think about that new business, that new financial endeavour, that new ministry, that new opportunity to serve? Maybe even, where do you need rapid growth in your own walk with God? How's the soil going for that seed? How's the environment that you are popping these little beauties in? We read before in Isaiah, returning and resting in Christ is where you'll find your hope and your growth. Before I close, one of the definitions of patience in Hebrew, it's the word irach ruach, which means deep breath. Maybe it's time to return to God, to inhale slowly and deeply and find renewal and rest in Him. Maybe it's time to surrender to Him, to invite His Spirit into your circumstances and pray that the fruit of that Spirit, patience, would be present with you as you move forward. I want to pray for some people. I want to pray that God would work on the timing of ripeness in your life, that God would instill in you a patience to get you to that point. It may be tomorrow, it may be in a decade, it may be beyond that. But his timing is perfect. Can we pray? Hey God, it's us. (laughs) Could you please hurry up and give us some patience? (laughs) I ask God that for all of us, whatever we're encountering, whatever it is that we are facing, that you would grant us, through the infilling of your spirit, the patience the strategy, the infrastructure to carry us forward into the fulfilment of that hope. God, I pray for every person here that you would be at work, that whether they see it or not, you are developing the root system, you are developing the stability, you are developing the potential for that rapid growth that you have. God, I pray that we would see growth, that we would experience growth in our lives in our circumstances, in our walk with you. And as a church, God, I pray that we would experience growth, that you would bring people into your house, into your presence, into relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. There's another group of people I'd like to pray for. Based on this verse, let's have a look at 1 Timothy 1.16. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. 
then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. There are dozens and dozens of people in this room who would say the patience of God is what turned us around. Coming into relationship with Jesus Christ is what actually helped us see hopes fulfilled and give us patience for those that are yet to come. In James chapter 4, it says this, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When things are frustrating, draw near to God. When things don't make sense, draw near to God. When your patience is tested, draw near to him. And maybe for some of you this morning, it's a time to come into relationship or return to relationship with God through Jesus Christ. To become a Christian, a follower of God, And if that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'd ask you to pray it with me. And at the end, if that's something that's come from your heart, please come and say hello. We've got a Bible for you. We'd love to help you on this journey. But let's pray this. And if you're a Christian, can you pray this with me as well? Just in your heart, follow along. Jesus, thank you for being patient with me. I am sorry for my sin. I am sorry for going my own way. And today I turn around and I choose to follow you. I thank you for coming into my life and I ask that you would change me from the inside out, that you would help me to follow you as my saviour, my Lord and my friend. And I pray, God, that you would bring a beautiful new wine out of my life. Today, God, I am your child and you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's something you prayed, please come and see myself or one of the leaders after the service. We'd love to get to know you. It's not a sales pitch. We'll give you some resources to help you in your first few steps with God. Thank you, Macquarie. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macquarielifechurch.com.au.